25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Apparently, there's been a change in the lineup here that I didn't know about. Welcome in. Hour two, just getting started. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Neil Price, the voice of Mississippi State football and basketball on the radio, is going to be on your radio coming up in just a bit. We're going to talk about something that we wish we could attend. I don't think either one of us is going to be able to. Uh, That's coming up. But Beaver today is sitting in for Roger. Hey, Ben, do we call do we have to say Beaver? Or is that does Chris call you Ben or does he call you Beaver? Uh it, it's Beaver here in this okay. fantasy land that we call radio. So I shouldn't have said the other. I, I hey, it's okay. Okay. Well right. How dare you call me by my <laughs> real name? Yeah. How dare you? Well, here's what I'm bringing up, though. Did you see what Chris tweeted just a minute ago? No. From He is Mississippi Gridiron on Twitter. It's at MS Gridiron. Seven minutes ago, he tweeted, talking with Brandon Bulldogs head baseball coach Daniel Best at 1 o'clock today. They host Biloxi tonight at 7. He tagged the zone, and then there's a graphic. And the picture says, the Chris Brooks show. Weekdays, 12 to 2 p.m., and then there's the call line and the text line and the website and everything. I thought the show was called The Gridiron. Yeah, it's called The Gridiron, and he knows how I – oh, oh, Matt. As I realize I'm talking to Matt, the host of The Matt Wyatt Show. Huh, Go ahead really and just, say it. Go I ahead really started this sentence, so I can't back Go down now. Chris knows how I hate it, how I find it pretentious when people name their shows after them. And he knows how much I hate the Chris Brooks show. So So you put that out there. Yeah. The Chris Brooks show. Well, I am Beaver. Listen, I actually (laughs) kind of agree with you on this. Okay. But in all honesty, this is terrible. I have done so many shows, I'm out of names. When I, I, It's kind of the way I felt about it. And, you know, when I left the previous job to get into what I'm doing now, and I, whether anybody cares or not, the fact is, like, I do a lot of things and I don't do just this radio show to make my living. You know what I mean? And kind of knew it was going to be that way. And there were so many different things swirling around that it was like the thing that I didn't have time to devote was something like naming the show. It just had to be the easiest thing ever. <laughs> and so I went with uh, the Matt Wyatt show. 
because I already had the Matt White podcast because I was I was just lazy on coming up with other stuff. Like way back when I used to have a show. Like the first radio show I ever did was called The Sports Drive. Then um, then I did a morning show at one time. It was called First Call. And, uh, of course, then I had, you know, it was on the show. And, of course, we owned it uh, for a while. They were called Head to Head, which no longer exists. And I was just out of names, really. I was tired of coming up with stuff. And I'll be honest with you, Beaver, I'm totally for changing the name of my show if you can if I can come up with something or if you want to even help me come up with something better. Like I'm I'm completely open to suggestions. All right, we'll work on something. Ten to noon. You know, that time of day. Of course, then it re airs at night on other stations around the state. I don't know. What could it be? Roger. I've picked you know, if Roger's still on it. You know, I've told him that I'm going to start doing a segment each week called Cynical Roger. We're going to have a show with Cynical Roger. It could be, you know, something in Roger. I don't know. We just have to think about it. See what I'm saying? I get so lazy. I just don't want to spend any time doing that. I just went the easy route, named it after myself. And I've learned that Beaver thinks it's very pretentious, and he doesn't like it. So, Coming up after this one, the Chris Brooks Show. Right now, I'm going to talk with Grumpy on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line, and Beaver's going to get my man Neil on the phone. And we'll talk to him in a minute in the on the Divinity Equipment phone. Grumpy, what's up? Hey, good morning, Matt. Listen, Godspeed to your mother's recovery first. Yeah, thank you. She's doing much better. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a right. really close, scary, scary yeah. call, yeah. but she's doing better. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, we can't talk about Mississippi State foot, uh, baseball this morning, but I was in Starkville last weekend, and I tell you, the new the new dude is awesome. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. We just had a fantastic time, and uh, it, it was awesome. Just loved being there. I hadn't been up there in quite a while. I had a chauffeur take me up, and, and we just had an awesome time. Yeah. But uh, listen, I had a question. What I think I witnessed most of your bowl game play. What bowl games did you play in? Um, we went to bowls my junior and senior year there in the late nineties. So in ninety eight, I was, was a that junior. The Cotton Bowl. Yes, we played in the Cotton Bowl yeah, yeah. against Texas and Saw lost that one. That yeah. one. And then yeah. the next year, yeah, we, we played Clemson in the Peach Bowl. We beat Clemson yeah. in that one. Saw that one. Yeah, saw that one. I've never seen so much orange in my life. Uh, when I, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I tell you, Ricky Williams was uh, pretty awesome running Ooh. up down the field. Gosh. Uh, goodness yeah, gracious. He was it was, just, it was he, amazing. I don't I don't know when y'all left, but, you know, it was it was muggy and 70 mm-hmm. that morning. Yeah. The next day the wind came in, and it was about 20 degrees there in Dallas. It was just it was just amazing. But, really? Uh, wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was Oh, it was it was amazing the weather change. Listen, one other question. Okay. I, I spent a lot of my youth in Houston, Mississippi. Yeah. And I heard you speak of your grand uh your your wife's mm-hmm. grandparents in Houston, Mr. Smith. What, what yes. am I correct on that, Mr. That's what, right. what kind of do you know what kind of work Mr. Smith did? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. so this is my wife's grandfather. He's he's still alive. Right. He's in his early nineties. 
Uh, Bill Smith, he for for a long time uh, was in the insurance business there. But later later in life, you know, he served several years as the mayor there in Houston. Okay, okay, okay. That was probably after I left. But uh, uh, I just, super little town, just right there in the middle of Chickasaw County. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a great place. It really is. Many great great memories around the square there in Houston. So, yeah, (laughs) Many great mem- memories. Yeah. Uh, one other question. The young lady on your show that says you're listening to the Matt White show, now, that's not your bride, is it? It is. That's my wife's voice. Oh, uh, well, she has a – you need to have her on more. Grumpy, listen, you keep, I need people to keep encouraging her because I've told her that. See, she was in television. She has a beautiful voice. She does, and voice. she has a great speaking voice. People yeah. hire her a lot of times to do voiceover yeah. and to do narration. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah. I keep telling her, you need to be on the radio or you need to be on with me or do a podcast. And she's just, to Absolutely. this point, like, so I'll keep I, I working know. on it. She's got to look better than you do. So Ain't no doubt. Ain't no doubt. Absolutely. The last thing I'm checking out here, I'm sitting in the parking lot at Popeye's on Lakeland Drive in Jackson, fixing to go in and have me some delicious Popeye's fried chicken. That a boy. Go so ahead and outdo yourself, man. It's y'all. Y'all have a blessed weekend. You too, Thanks Grumpy. So much. Enjoy your show so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Grumpy. All right. Have one All of right, those. Bye. Have one of those Popeye's biscuits for me. Yeah, I got to get Annabeth on here. Speaking of great voices for radio. The next one on the Divinity Equipment phone line, they pay him to do it. Somebody thinks he's good at it. He is good at it. Neil Price, the voice of Mississippi State football and basketball, on your radio right now on the Divinity phone. Hey, Neil, what's up, man? Just living the dream. How about you? Same thing. I'm just trying to sell a dream. That's all I'm doing. Just trying to sell a dream. Hey, and – uh. If you and I could load up and attend the Jerry Clower Festival, it would kind of be a dream come true, wouldn't it? Woo! Wouldn't it, though? <laughs> oh, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, we were talking about it yesterday. Um, so Yazoo City, tomorrow, the 4th, all day, is having the Jerry Clower Festival in downtown Yazoo City. Um, I can't attend. And Neil, I know you got stuff. I sure would love to go. Did you see where they're going to have uh, a Jerry Clower and a Jerry Clower impersonator competition? Yes, and that was the thing that I wished I could have gone to see. Uh, had we not already had something planned? Yeah, I- I'll tell you my ignorance about it. Until someone tweeted at you with an ad from the newspaper uh-huh. about the, the festival, I didn't know that such a thing existed, or I would have cleared my schedule mm. and would have gone. Uh, and it sounds like it's going to be wonderful. And, yeah, I, I've obviously been to, to East Fork, but I haven't been to Yazoo City. And Jerry spent a lot of his life in Yazoo City uh, when he was working for uh, the fertilizer company yeah. or selling fertilizer. And... Uh, I know he tells a story about the street that he lived on, and, and the name escapes me, but he said that all the ladies that lived on that street, they cooked those wop biscuits in the morning. And he said about 7 a.m. it sounded like a small war because they'd all tap that can on the countertop and pop, 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 <laughs> all the way up and down the street. 
<laughs> and I'd love to go and walk down the street and kind of get a feel for what he was talking about. Yeah, I would too. I would too. And, you know, that's the thing is with um, with other people who, you know, go to that festival, I would imagine there are a lot of people who will be there who knew Jerry Clower personally. You know, that's the other thing too. I would love to go and run into them if at all possible. Oh, I think it'd be great. You know, and, and again, you just get you, you get opened up to a different part of, of his life and, and Homer Lean's life that, you know, you, you maybe don't get from from the trip to, to East Fork. You know, at East Fork, you get the beginning and you kind of get the end. Mm-hmm. But the part in Yazoo City is, is obviously a big piece of his life, too, in the middle there. And uh, his daughter, Katie, was so kind to, to tell me about some of that when, when I went down to East Fork. Uh, it been about a year ago now. Yeah. And uh, she talked about how Jerry never paid to have anything shipped back from the road when he was touring because he was Delta Airlines' frequent flyer of the year for back-to-back years in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he was friends with the folks that... Uh, were the Greyhound, ran the Greyhound line between Jackson and Yazoo City. So if he was on the road and someone, uh, a fan, brought him something, uh, a collectible or something they had made for him that kind of was a play on one of his stories, he would go to the Delta counter at wherever city he was. He'd get a box from Delta Airlines. He would wrap whatever it was in a pair of pajamas that he had already used on the road to pad the box. Mm-hmm. Delta would fly it to Jackson, and whoever was driving for Greyhound would pick it up at the Delta counter and would drive it to Yazoo City to the bus station, <laughs> and then Homer Lean or one of the kids would go pick it up. And he never <laughs> paid postage on it. It's kind of how it sounded. So he was really sharp in that regard. <laughs> it sounds like it. And I also can't imagine Delta Airlines doing that for free for anyone anymore. That's no, amazing. <laughs> no, not anymore. That's right. The Neil Price on your radio. Yeah, so you went, like I say, about a year ago to the Jerry Clower Museum, right, there in East Fork. And his, it was his daughter that was running the museum at that time? Yeah, so Katie is is Jerry and Homer Lean's youngest child, and uh, she actually lives now at uh, at the at the home place there uh, at Route Four, Liberty, Mississippi. And uh, she uh, she was nice enough to to give us a couple of hours of her of her time. Me and Michael Richardson from uh, the Mississippi State Alumni Office, and we went, and she opened up what is. I don't know, I'm, and I'm estimating here, Matt, you yeah. know, 1,300 or 1,400 square feet. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a building that she said that her mother described as a place for Jerry to put all of his junk. <laughs> and uh, he had an office in there. Uh, there is a, a framed Mississippi State jersey from the Sun Bowl in, I'm going to be wrong on the year here, 77, okay. 78 maybe. Uh, that that he went to, and uh, then you know all those things I told you he was he would ship those things back through the airline and, and Greyhound bus line to Yazoo City, but all manner of things that people have given him, uh, whether it's just uh, fans that have come to see him at a show, uh, other celebrities from the country music world, or 
from uh, from just the world of television and, and movies you know, that he came in con- he came in contact with. There's all kinds of stuff like that there, and it's really wonderful. You get a sense for for who he was as a person, the things that were important to him, uh, you know, namely namely his faith, uh, his his humor, his upbringing, and a lot about Mississippi State. He was very proud, I think, of the fact that he not only went to school and has a degree from Mississippi State, but he played football at Mississippi State, and uh, you know, so it was it was a Again, in two years on the job, it was an all-timer. Yeah. It's one of the things that I'll I'll never forget uh, as long as I'm here, as long as I'm alive. It was one of the great days I've had on this job. Well, and I know it's genuine, too, because you've talked about it a lot, and I love hearing the stories about it. And, you know, honestly, Neil, at the time we talked about it last year uh, as well, I, I felt like there were a lot of people interested in that but probably had no idea – that any kind of Jerry Clower Museum existed, let alone something you could go and visit. You know, I think it's something we could probably help get the word out about. Yeah, and, you know, how I found out about it was through uh, a guy named Richard Hay, who is the Ag Extension agent for Mississippi State in Amet County in mm-hmm. southwest Mississippi. And he he knew Miss Homerlene and, and knew Katie, and got it set up through Katie that we could come by and spend some time there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where they kind of open it up by appointment. And, uh, you know, what Katie was telling me is that they, they just really want to make sure that, that, that people who, who remember Jerry and maybe people who have heard others talk about him but are, are too young to maybe know anything about him as a performer or just as a figure in the history of the state of Mississippi, I think that uh, they, they want to try to keep that going so more people can learn about him and that his legacy continues. And, yeah, you, you, can, go to, you can go to the AMAC County website and you can find the information on there about how to schedule an appointment and take a group and, and go down and, and see, uh, you know, the Jerry Clower Museum. They're right there at Route 4, Liberty, Mississippi. And while you're there, you're, you're, within, you're within walking distance. We drove it, but you're within walking distance of the East Fork Baptist Church, which is where they attended and obviously where Jerry talked so much about uh, or told the famous story about him buying the chandelier. <laughs> and, you know, Uncle Versi Ledbetter being concerned that, Nobody in their church knew how to play it. When they went to order it, nobody knew how to spell it, and they didn't understand why they wanted to spend all this money on a chandelier as bad as they needed lights in the church. You know <laughs> that you can go out and, and, and see the East Fork Baptist Church, and then uh, Jerry and his family uh, are, are resting out there just around the curve uh, mm-hmm. in the East Fork Cemetery. So it's uh, it's a great way to spend a day. And Amet County is wonderful. Uh, we drove in to, to Liberty. Uh, Michael was good to take me into the Rexall Drugstore there and. Uh, I got to go see where Jerry and a bunch of his buddies would sit around and drink coffee every day, and his coffee mug's still hanging on the wall along with all those other guys. And uh, it's it's just a really, really cool place and a cool way to spend a day. What was, uh, with a couple of minutes left, uh, what was the story you relayed to me about the time that he ran into Telly Savalas, like in Chicago or something? Yeah, there's a picture on the wall down there of Jerry Clower and Telly Savalas. And I asked Katie about the picture, and she said she was with him. They were in downtown Chicago, 
and they're on one side of the street walking up the sidewalk, and this guy that Jerry thought was Telly Savalas was walking down the other side of the street on the sidewalk, and he just yelled out across the street in Chicago, hey, man, you're Kojak, <laughs> and said Telly Savalas yelled back across the street, yeah, and you're Jerry Clower. <laughs> and they met each other right there on a the sidewalk, took the picture, and Telly Savalas proceeds to tell Jerry Clower that when he has people over to his home, they play Jerry Clower's records, and they laugh hysterically. <laughs> and it was it was one of the neatest things, because you're like, you know, Jerry Clower is kind of in awe of this guy who's on television, you know, every week and been in the movies, and, you know, here he is, and it kind of is like, well, you know, Telly Savalas kind of viewed him as an equal with mm-hmm. regard to being a, an entertainer, and Jerry Clower's just like, this is the guy I see on TV. This is pretty cool, you know? So, uh, yeah, that was a neat story, and that's one of the things in there. It's on the wall, and it's it's one picture of a bunch on that wall, but you're just drawn to it because it's like, man, that, that there's a there are two opposite ends of the spectrum right there, and they're in the same picture. You know, it was, it was really neat, and the story behind it was, was priceless. Yeah, well, and I can, I can certainly picture – Jerry Clower just yelling, hey, man, you're Kojak. You can certainly see that happening. Neil, I appreciate your time, man, and uh, wish we could go to Yazoo tomorrow. We'll try to do it next year. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Matt. All see right. you. See you. That's Neil Price on Twitter. He is at Hale State Voice. The Jerry Clower Festival tomorrow in downtown Yazoo City. Wish I could go. Rolling along on a Friday with you. More to come in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. I'd like to give you an update on something you have all been following, I'm sure. I need to give you an update on the NCAA Beach Volleyball Championship that's going on right now. Was that a good use of the bell? I don't know. I like the bell. I'm Madam in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. I have another bell in here. That one. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Beaver, did you know that there's a, such a thing as an NCAA beach volleyball championship? I can't say that I did. Is your interest peaked? Extremely peaked. <laughs> I can't wait. I don't. I don't know why we're still talking. I should already have the results in my ears. <laughs> LSU beat Pepperdine three to nothing in NCAA beach volleyball championships, and the fifth seeded LSU Tigers advanced to face number eight Stetson at three p.m. on ESPNU today. That's going to draw in the crowds. You think? Yeah. What if it's women's 
NCAA beach volleyball. It's going to draw in a little <laughs> bit more of a crowd, actually. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know if it's men or women. I don't know. I'm just saying, number one, you'll have to watch at three on ESPNU to find out. And number two, I had no clue this was an NCAA sport. But let's admit it's a cool one. When is the NCAA going to get in like into the like the um, the X Games type of sports and all that kind of stuff? You know, I would almost bet because you've got the Title IX stuff and the schools have always looked for ways to balance it out. Um, I would almost bet it's women, but don't quote me on that because I don't know. Anyway, very important update on the NCAA Beach Volleyball Championships going on right now. What beach are they on, I wonder? I need more details. If anybody knows, let me know on the text line, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. And that has a 601 area code, 885-3776. Or, like so many others have today, call me on the Divini Equipment phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and Jackson. At 601-995-1059. 601-995-1059. Names have been a theme today. We talked about early on. as people, Chicken Hawk was the first caller of the day, and he was referencing yesterday's show, trying to give me a nickname. I've never had one. He said it should be Bobtail, Matt Bobtail Wyatt, because Bulldogs are Bobtail. That was his entry. Brandon Walker of Barstool, uh, easy for me to say. Brandon Walker of Barstool Sports says that he's going to have an entry later. We'll see what happens and where you know. The guy I'm talking to today on the show, who's sitting in for Roger uh, Beaver, already has this really cool nickname, which you know I'm jealous of. It's really cool. How you just you get a name and it sticks like that. And Beaver is a cool nickname. It is. And it just sticks. But I also found out that Beaver thinks I'm very pretentious because I have named this show after myself. It's the Matt Wyatt show. My excuse was that it was just laziness, and I really think that's what it was. I, I just didn't have the the energy or the effort at the time to to spend on the name of the show. I had other things going on. Um. We had a suggestion on the text line of from uh, from from Frankus Del Tankus on the text line said the breakdown with banana hands. I like it. You think that's marketable? The breakdown with banana hands? That's too many words, isn't it? What if the show was just simply called Banana Hands? Oh, it, Hit that button for me, Beaver. Let's hear it again. What the hell are you doing, Banana Hands? <laughs> I mean, seriously. What is this called, Banana Hands? Matt, that is potential gold, man. Because when you hear when you hear say someone say, oh, there's a new show starting Monday at 10. It's called Banana Hands. <laughs> you don't know where that's going. You don't what? know. You certainly don't think it's a sports show. Well, and sometimes this isn't a sports show. Sometimes. Exactly. So it could be a lifestyle show. It could be a sports show. It could yeah. be. It could be it could anything. Be any kind of show named Banana Hands. That's 
I like those possibilities, Matt. Well, see, the the thing, though, is sometimes in your delivery, the way you speak on the air like right now, Beaver, is I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. I'm, I, I, I assure <laughs> you right now. You're not? I am not. Yeah. I am not joshing you. Okay. See, I'm, I'm being with serious. You because, look, have you ever heard of the purple cow theory in mm. marketing and branding? I don't want to miscredit the original author. We can all look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's in a book written by, by, by a guy named Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N, Godin, um, Seth Godin, who a brilliant, brilliant businessman, marketer, writer, everything he touches kind of turns to gold, but it's because it's so smart. But he wrote something in, a while back. It's a purple cow theory, Beaver, and this is what it is. It is so simple. Think about this. You're driving down the road normally, and think about your everyday life in Mississippi. I mean, how many cows in a pasture do you drive past, and you never even glance at them? Much less stop to take a look. Like, on your drive over the – just this week, Monday through Friday, you're driving around, uh, Beaver. How many cows did you pass on the road? Thousands? Oh, me personally? Yeah. Uh, I, Zero? Yeah. Okay, well, you're not I, a good example. I didn't know if you wanted me to make up a grand no, number or no. give me the truth. No, the truth <laughs> is what we always got to do. So, for me, I've driven a lot this week. I bet I've passed a 1,000 cows on the road, and if I glanced, it was just while I'm daydreaming. It's not because I'm actually staring at a cow. Much less, none of them would ever catch my interest so much as to pull over and stare at it. But... But if I'm driving down the road one day and out in a pasture right on the other side of the fence, there is a purple cow standing there. I'm going to see it. I'm going to likely stop and stare at it. I'm likely going to take a picture. And for sure, for sure, I'm going to tell somebody, y'all, I don't know if it was painted or what, but I saw a cow today that was purple. And they're going to go, wait a minute. I'm going to be like, yeah. And they're going to say, where? And I'm going to tell them where. And then they're going to want to go see it. And I'm going to show them a picture. I'm going to remark about it because it would be remarkable if you saw a purple cow. And so a radio show named Banana Hands is, you're going to remark about it because it's sort of a remarkable name. It would fall under the purple cow thing. I think we might be on to something. I think so. I like this. Bulldog Blitz in the text line said you could call the show, quote, Game of Inches. You know, Game of Thrones is a big deal right now. I've never seen it, but I hear it's a big deal. You know what I like to – are you a Game of Thrones uh, fan, Beaver? Uh, I'm actually not. not. I saw, I've, all I've seen is season one. Okay, so not a huge fan, but you've kind of seen it. I'm, I'm not either. I haven't seen it, but there's lots of big fans. We can have game of inches here. This says almost applies to every sport. Louvier says I could be, it could be welcome, Matt. Okay. Okay. I don't know. There it is. There's some suggestions on it anyway if we want to change it. I kind of think Beaver's right, though. It's a little pretentious to have a show named after you. And now it... 
Now that we're established, it might be time to come up with something better than just the Matt Wyatt show. That way, if I kick the bucket, somebody else can just keep on doing it, right? (laughs) Anyway, lots to think about here. Important stuff here on a Friday, I promise you. A little ways to go. I'll take your phone calls and your texts coming up here in the Farm Bureau studio. Baseball will be played somewhere, somehow today. There will be something to talk about on Monday for sure. They'll get the series in somehow. You know, it's just a, it's a, an iffy weekend weather-wise out in College Station, Texas. And so whether or not they get in three full games between State and A&M, I don't know. But they'll get some in. They're going to try a doubleheader starting at 4 p.m. this afternoon. Um, 4 p.m. Central. Be first pitch of game one, weather permitting. You also have LSU hosting Ole Miss in baseball. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So tonight is game one, and you have a 7 p.m. start for that with LSU hosting Ole Miss. Yeah, and in terms of television, a couple of people have asked about that. I I don't really know um, because, you know, i got to be honest with you. I I don't kind of in my normal routine pay attention anymore to what the TV listings are. When it comes to State and Ole Miss and SEC sporting events, all the baseball, the basketball, all of that, because I never watch it on a TV. I just watch it on my uh, phone. I watch everything on my phone, on my computer, and on my uh, iPad. And so, therefore, it doesn't really matter if it's on TV or not to me. The only difference that makes is maybe who the announcers are calling your game. I never put it on the TV. Like, literally don't. If last night, for instance... State is at Texas A&M. They're going to have a a 6 p.m. first pitch, and the game was going to be broadcast on television on the SEC Network channel. But it didn't happen because of weather. But our normal routine in our family is we might all sit down and be still for about that hour from around 7 to 8 o'clock or 7.30 to 8.30 just before my daughter goes to bed. And that might be when we all kind of just finally, at the end of the day, we sit down. We're in the living room. And look, they'll put the television on something that my wife and my daughter want to watch. Like maybe they, they love the show Master Chef Junior. They love to watch this. This is an example. They'll be watching that on television, and I'm there with them, but I've just got my phone on or my iPad going with the game on it. So I just don't keep up with it as much. But – you don't have any of those that are televised around the SEC tonight. It's all going to be online on the SEC Plus stuff. Ole Miss visits LSU, 7 p.m. first pitch central. State, a doubleheader with A&M. Plan, scheduled anyway, with game one for 4 o'clock. And then game two, kind of depending on when game one finishes, but right now they have it scheduled for 7 p.m. So a lot of baseball tonight. 
that is scheduled for those two. And the other series around the SEC that are going on are Arkansas at Kentucky. Missouri is at Tennessee and Knoxville. Tennessee back in the top 25, as is Missouri. So it's a top 25 matchup. Alabama is at Auburn. Florida goes on the road to Georgia. Georgia trying to bounce back after getting swept in Starkville last week. And uh, that's the other baseball that you have around the Southeastern Conference anyway going on. And I really think, too, that it's going to be a very, very impactful weekend because you just have so much. I mean, we're in the home stretch, obviously. It's all behind you now. There's only a couple of weekends left after you come out of this one, and I say it's impactful because, for instance, State and A&M are right there with each other neck and neck chasing Arkansas, trying to chase down Arkansas in the SEC. And, you know, Ole Miss is kind of right there nipping at State and and A&M's heels, and they got A&M last week, swept them. And if they could pick up a series win at LSU this week, they're going to come out of that getting ready to host Mississippi State with potentially a lot of stuff hanging on that series. So this is going to be a really impactful weekend in college baseball. Southern Miss is going to host Florida Atlantic after Southern Miss got a big midweek win uh, over Ole Miss this week down at Pete Taylor Park. And Florida Atlantic's a good baseball program. And Southern Miss will have their hands full. They can take care of business there. Southern Miss will be in a great position to try to win the league. Here we go. We always have time for a call from Gator Greg on the Divini Equipment phone. Greg, twice in two days. I'm a lucky man. What's up? Well, we we we're trying to get a little bit now that uh, we're done with the the hoops and stuff and the and the and, and Tiger winning yeah, the uh, I got Masters. You. We're concentrating on uh, a little college baseball. I'm I'm going to catch a little uh, Rebels and uh, Tigers. I'm down here near the Baton Rouge area, so we're going to check that out uh, tonight. But I was going to ask you, what do you think Mississippi State has to do the rest of the way to ensure them being a national seed? Yeah, I think they're probably there right now. I would think Arkansas and Vanderbilt look like they're in pretty good shape, and I think Mississippi State and Georgia are probably fighting. And you would think Mississippi State probably has the edge. I don't know if you go necessarily head-to-head, but they did what? They did sweep them. Mm-hmm. So you, you, what do they have to do? What do you think they have to finish in the conference with? you got the big road series with Ole Miss, and then you got, what, one more series? So what we're – well, let's say we got nine games left. Yeah. you think they have to go six and three, seven and two, and – and it looks like uh, maybe you got Hill uh, uh, with the uh, Chiefs. Maybe maybe we'll see what happens, even though I think he's going to get punished. So yeah. let me know a little bit about that. And go Chiefs. We'll see you, Mr. Wyatt. Go Chiefs, Greg. Chop, chop. Oh, 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 they do the chop in KC also. Yeah, that that – you know, I probably was a little bit quick on the trigger there to go ahead and just assume that – they're going to completely get rid of Tyreek Hill. I mean, he could be around. I just kind of feel like if he is around, he won't be around at the early part of the year. There's going to be some kind of suspension if he's there or whoever he plays for. I just don't know yet. I think you're right about that, Greg. It's, it's still up in the air for that matter. And Tyreek Hill is he's the fastest player in the NFL with the ball in his hands and, and therefore many times the most exciting. It's just incredible. And a big, big weapon. And, and like I say – it's such an up-in-the-air situation. They approached the draft like we have to get a weapon for Patrick Mahomes in that second round with that first pick they had. 
And they did. They went and got Miko Hardeman. And he's like a Tyreek Hill clone kind of player. Shows you how unsure they are that he's going to be around. Yeah, okay, but on to state baseball. What do they have to do to be a national seed? Right now, they are squarely in the top 10 in RPI. But, again, you got a little ways to go. And the thing about it is, is they have that series at the end of the year, Greg, against South Carolina, who's a very bad RPI team, like approaching 70 or something in the RPI, and it'll be um, a home series, which the RPI stuff does not reward home wins very much. And it certainly penalizes you for home losses versus bad RPI teams. But right now, State is number four in RPI. Behind UCLA, Vandy, and Arkansas, State is sitting there at number four in the RPI with this series on the road at A&M, who's a good RPI team. And coming up on the road at Ole Miss, who's another good RPI team. So then it's about wins and losses. Right now, State is sitting there at 13-8 and eight in the SEC. With the next six SEC games on the road against good RPI teams and then three more at home. So nine SEC games left. There is one midweek game left, and that's coming up next week against Memphis. I think they added one against Louisiana Tech also. So what I'm getting at is they're sitting there at 13. I think to be a national seed, they have to get at least three road wins out of these next six games. And then they've got to make sure they get a minimum of two wins at home against South Carolina. And you can't lose a midweek game either. That's what I think against Memphis or La Tech. Now, they're squarely going to host a regional if they just don't get swept this weekend at Texas A&M. Just pick up one win. And at Ole Miss, just pick up one win. And if you do that, you take you don't get swept on the road. You come back, you win the home series against South Carolina. You're looking at adding if, – if that happens, you're adding four SEC wins to your schedule. You're at 17 SEC wins. They will host for sure if that happens. But I think to make sure they're in that top eight, to be that top eight and be that national seed, either one of these two series on the road, State's got to get two out of three. They either have to get two out of three at A&M or they have to get two out of three at Ole Miss, one or the other. You do that and win the series at home, you're a national seed. That's what I think. And that would put you at 18 conference wins by the end of the year. Anything above that is gravy. Enjoyed it. Great show, great week. Have a great weekend. I'll see you all next week. See you. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.